On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. As we know, there is a lot of discussion going on in government circles at the moment about the prospect of extending or alternatively eliminating the current moratorium on evictions, which is due to expire on a phased basis from April the 1st onwards. This all coming in the teeth of new information from the Department of Housing that there are now over 11,700 people officially recognised as being homeless and living in emergency accommodation, although that doesn't include people who are couch surfing or who may still be living with parents, for example, or in other places that are not the most suitable environments for them. Uh, Wayne Stanley is from the Simon Communities Army. He's on the line. Um, Wayne, first of all, before we get into the prospect of extending the moratorium, what is your analysis of the figures showing yet another increase in the number of people living in emergency accommodation? Um, I think all of us are desperate that we're continuing to see this record numbers month on month. Um, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's hard to put into words, Gavin. You know, like we're we're very cognizant of the fact that you know each of those numbers is an individual, is a is a parent, is a child who's having to cross the threshold of a homeless service. And um, you know, our staff are excellent. The the staff of across the sector are are you know are are supporting people as best we can. But it doesn't negate the fact that crossing the threshold of a homeless service really is a trauma, and and there's too many people. A shameful number of people having to suffer that trauma. Um, what do you make of the fact that it is rising uh, in light of there being a moratorium on evictions? And what does it say about the state of the market that even despite people not being eligible for no fault evictions right now, that the numbers are still going up? Yeah, well, it, it, there's a number of things happening there. Um, Firstly, when you look at the numbers, and and obviously these numbers have just come out, and I don't want to sort of claim there's a trend on on one month's numbers. Sure. But what what's interesting is the driver of the increase is actually the major urban areas, particularly Dublin and Cork. If you take out Dublin and Cork, actually the number of people in in the rest of the country in total went down by sixty. Now that's not a big drop, and it is only one month, but it does. Uh, suggest that perhaps the moratorium is having more of an impact outside of those major urban areas. What we do know about the nature of homelessness, and I think we, we've discussed this, and you just mentioned the the, the uh, aspect of hidden homelessness, uh, where people are maybe couch surfing, or people have become homeless from the private rental market and stayed with family and friends in what they thought was going to be a short-term uh, situation while they found somewhere else, and that relationship breaks down, and then those people end up in uh, having to having to go to their local authority mm. and present to a homeless service. So there's a number of kind of uh, homelessness is, it can, be, can be more complex than than sometimes we describe it because I suppose where we tend to people understand and where, where people uh, think about homeless, they think about that really traumatic uh, experience at the maybe mm. rough sleeping. Um, so so it, there's a number of moving factors. I think it's incorrect to say, and I know from uh, from talking to my colleagues on the front line in the Simon communities around the country, that there definitely are individuals and families who have been spared uh, homelessness because the moratorium has been in place. So when the government says that, or when senior figures from the government say that there may not be merits to the moratorium because there's still an increase anyway so that it's not doing the job you would say definitively that the situation will be far worse were the moratorium not there i yes i think absolutely it, it would be worse and i think um what we have to you know what we have to bear in mind is it, they didn't bring in the moratorium as a solution to homelessness 
they brought in the moratorium to give us a bit more breathing space. The, the moratorium was brought in because we were concerned and local authorities were concerned and telling the department and telling the government that we were at capacity and that there was a real risk that children would be forced uh, to be sleeping in cars or even sleeping on the street into the very near future because we just didn't have the capacity to support people even into emergency accommodation, let alone out of homelessness. What we have seen is uh, the bit that's missing in this, it, it's in the slowing down of people coming into homelessness, is we haven't ramped up the move on. And that's the bit mm -hmm. that has to happen. We have to be putting in place the accommodations that can get people out of homelessness faster than they're coming in, and that will drive yeah. down the, the homeless figures. This may be getting a little bit into the nitty gritty, but I've been trying to to figure out uh, what the usual trend from November to December is like. And obviously, you have to go back a few years because there were some COVID um, restrictions against moratoriums and evictions in the meantime. But if you go back to 2019, there was a significant no drop in the numbers that were accessing um, emergency accommodation uh, between November and December. And part of the reason was that there would seem to be a lot of people that were, um, there's usually a fall in family homelessness in December because people then move into um, other accommodation. They stay with other people, so they're not reliant on the emergency system. One presumes that would have been the case again um, for the, the Christmas just gone. So that really, in, in real terms, were the moratorium not there, you'd be looking at a quite significant increase in numbers, wouldn't you not? Yeah, we didn't see, as you say, if you, if you, if you were to chart it, usually you, you would see a V-shape, where in November you, you, you see a, a fall in December and then a big increase back mm. in January. Because people, pe people perhaps, basically go and stay with family for Christmas and then go back into emergency exactly. accommodation for New Year. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that didn't happen this year. And that was very surprising. Now, we do know when I, when I spoke to, again, to the, 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 my colleagues around the country and, and who are providing those direct services, it did happen that people did uh, go home to, to family and friends or, or were able to be you know pulled in by family and friends for the for the Christmas period Christmas week in particular but I think what there wasn't as much of that as there usually is and I think what that speaks to is actually the the depth and breadth of the of the crisis that we're in that people just don't have the same amount of capacity uh, to support people in that kind of you could call it an informal sort of accommodations um, in couches and spare rooms, because a lot of that is starting to take up as we're as we're all, you know, a lot of people are having to double up and triple up. Mm. Uh, fascinating times. And then that in itself, of course, is another indication for where things may go if there was to be a, a re relaxation on the current moratorium. Uh, we will leave it there. Wayne Stanley, thank you very much for joining us this lunchtime. And on the record, that's Wayne Stanley, Executive Director of the Simon Communities in Ireland. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.